What movie did we just watch, Amy? We watched The Pink Panther. The original, not the remake. The original, 1963. Three, with uh, Peter Sellers and lots of other famous people from that time. That's right. And in honor of that, for Halloween, Felicity is going to be dyed pink and be our, <laughs> our Pink Panther. Be our Pink Panther buddy? Because, sure. Because why not? <laughs> <laughs> that sounds easier than putting her in a taco costume. Although you'd look great as a taco. You, you'd be a great taco cat. All right. So what'd you think? I... I mean... I don't have a lot of thoughts. It's a classic. Straightforward. Very good. Yeah, I thoroughly Um, enjoyed it. Yeah. um, Yeah. yeah. That's... (laughs) Cool. Podcast over. (laughs) Suck it on, Amy. Let's just say... Let's see if we can... Yeah. I was definitely definitely enjoyed it. I had the thought throughout the film of we just we don't see enough physical storytelling in film. No, there's um, so there's such a lack of it. And it not like this is very much in the physical comedy mm-hmm. zone, but any physical storytelling, I feel like that's something we see a lot more in like theater. But yes. it's definitely it's not in um, film yeah. so much. Did I ever show anymore. you um, every frame of paintings? essay on Edgar Wright and visual storytelling. Yes, yes. Because I, I think about that all the time when I'm watching movies. I'm like, oh, they're telling a story visually or, oh, they're not. Like, this yeah. is just people talking. Well, and that video essay has a lot to do with editing choices. Yes, yeah. Um, and so in, in, in this case, it's it's more of the f- physical actor's mm-hmm. choices. And yeah, stuff. well, no, the, I mean, the editing in this was, I wouldn't say minimal, but was... There was lots of long takes. There was yeah. lots of sort of letting things play out and and letting the actors tell the story and and be in the room. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know the scene in the bedroom with like two different suitors trying to hide and yeah. run around with with not, I wouldn't say minimal dialogue with with the correct amount of dialogue. Yeah, and running around and hiding under beds and getting into closets and like all of that was just very. Very funny, but also conveyed a lot of information. Yes, yes. Timed so well. Yeah. Um, and just... Such talented acting to mm-hmm. do. I think the scene where uh, Clouseau and his wife are in the bathroom and she's trying to get him to look at her in her eyes. Yes. And like, <laughs> you can just see her beats. She's going through as more she, and as more she's reacting verbs. To things. Yeah. To get them to look at her <laughs> and not Robert Wagner uh, kind of swinging around on the closet door. Is that Robert Wagner? It was Robert okay. Wagner. I don't, know, I don't know who anybody is. You I, know who Peter Sellers is. I do know who Peter Sellers is, mainly because we watched Being There a little while ago. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Although, um, I mean, obviously, different director, different screenwriter, but very different performance from Peter Sellers as well. Yes. Um, which I think was... You know, by the time Being There came out, he was very much known for Clouseau and that sort of physical performance. Yeah. Whereas, so it was more of a shock there, but... But so, uh, as Clouseau understated? Yeah. Not, like, big... big thanks, Felicity. Um, big choices. Like, they are big choices, but he's not performing them. Yeah. Um, well, it made me want to, like, to a certain extent, watch the Steve Martin version of this because i was wondering if steve i don't think steve martin can do that yeah yeah Yeah, he's very much um 
very presentational mm-hmm. in his style of comedy. It's yeah. very big. Yeah, and I love Steve Martin. He's great in a lot of things. Um, all of Me is still one of the best performances I've ever seen. I don't know All of Me. Oh, you don't know All of Me? We should watch that at some point. It's oh, him and Lily Tomlin. Oh, well, that's a great combo. It's a great combo. Lily Tomlin gets transported into his body. And they fight for control over his body. And so it's Steve Martin doing all of the work physically mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then voiceover with Lily Tomlin. Yeah. But just just yeah, amazing physical good. comedy. But again, very different than what, like that, that brand of comedy, that style of what he's doing is very different than what Sellers was doing with his physical comedy here. Mm-hmm. Where it was very understated and underplaying and, and like no reactions. Yeah, he's not calling attention to himself. Yeah. Even though he's incredibly clumsy. Yeah, bumbling was like the word that was built for this character. Like, bumbling was such a perfect word for him. And really, the moment we first, like, his first physical gag is the globe. Mm -hmm. He spins the globe. And the other, and he he puts his hand down, and he just falls over. over. And the other character just, like, looks over it, like, he's not having a big reaction. it's, it's so understated. And that's how most of the physical comedy here was played. Uh, not just Seller's work. I think everybody sort of underplayed a lot of things. Mm-hmm. The guy falling off the windowsill and coming out of the yeah. the snowbank. Just, oh, just perfect. Just, so yep, perfect. this is happening. Just going to keep going. Uh, was real fun. Um, I, having not seen The Pink Panther before or any of the other numerous sequel films that, that Sellers portrayed this in, um, this didn't feel like a starring role for Sellers. That was surprising. I now know why, because I yeah, just did, read my entries read? on Wikipedia. What did Wikipedia tell you? Uh, that he wasn't the star of this film, but in the subsequent franchise becomes about Clouseau. Okay. And that's where we get a lot of our associations mm. with Clouseau. It's, it's more of his starring bumbling gotcha because um, yeah he was i wouldn't say he was a secondary character in this but he was comic relief yeah i was real surprised when we watched the credits the first billing was david niven and i was yeah. like david i don't even know who that is I like is. i'm really i thought this was Clouseau, peter, Seller, yeah. peter seller's vehicle and um so we may have to put on our list to watch some of the subsequent films sure. um, because this one features the least of Sellers, there is one, uh, the one that's called Inspector Clouseau, uh, they substituted Alan Arkin as, as Clouseau. Clouseau rather than that's Sellers. That's think... And it's considered to not be in the canon <laughs> by <Sure>. the fans. <laughs> because I don't know, that. but I think Alan Arkin could do some really... Because Alan Arkin has, a, again, a very different physical comedy style than, than Sellers here or Steve Martin. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I could I could see Inspector Clouseau becoming this almost like Shakespearean level thing of like everybody like, brings their like own ball thing. Staff yeah, everybody and... brings their own thing to a Clouseau. I I mean that is this is an opening for a, a series. Yeah, yeah. Uh, to <laughs> compare, but I would because I would I think an, an Alan Arkin Clouseau would be really interesting. Again, not a Peter Sellers type, but. Well, and that film, too, with Alan Arkin was missing the other creative, like Blake Edwards okay. and the Mancini Because Edwards worked on at least a few of the, yeah. the Pink Panthers yeah. 
I don't know exactly how many. But that was um, his, yeah. his project. Um, yeah, no, I, it was funny. I laughed a lot. Uh, I was really impressed with his wife, whose name is one name. Cappuccine. Cappuccine. Um, and I don't remember her seeing her before. Yeah, I'm not an expert her. on no, I, I don't old, know old movies. Period stuff anything at all. before 90, 1990. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Um... But I was just real impressed with her physical comedy mm-hmm. and, I mean, like, keeping up with Sellers. Yeah, and the um, others. Beat yeah. for beat. Like, she, she, if anything, she was the center point of the movie. Yeah. Like, everybody was related to her in some way or another, almost. I guess she and the princess didn't interact much at all, Princess Dalla. Yeah, until kind of the end. Yeah. Yeah, um, I guess at the end when they... They saw each other around at the various yeah. uh, um, hotel parties. Yeah, the princess character was certainly an interesting... Yeah, I guess we should go. <laughs> yeah, we got to talk about that a little Not, bit. Okay, so... Um, what some some I, orientalism? Oh, yeah. I was going <laughs> to ask if you caught what country they were from, or if it was just orientalist imaginary amalgamation uh, that was of what country. i thought it was orientalist imagination amalgam of country because it was um yeah especially that first the, <laughs> yeah, first the opening scene, scene I, was I was like, like oh <laughs> there are so many cultural artifacts going on here that are not related Oh man, I was like to each other. I I was really struggling with that opening scene of like, is this what we're in for? Yeah, and thankfully it wasn't. Just just that, and then her manservant who's brown faced. Yeah, um, I wrote I wrote down. Um, he looks like a Klingon. He does from yeah. the nineteen fifties era Star Trek. Yeah, um, like looks like could have been the same makeup person. Right, right. Just putting like brown paint. Yeah, brown paint on and exposed skin and dark. Facial hair. Very, very severe dark facial hair. Well, and when we meet the princess as an adult, um, well, actually, I probably went through a quarter to a half of the movie not realizing she was the princess from that first scene. scene because they were in the Italian Alps. She had an Italian accent. Yeah, she did not look like. And so I was like, "Oh, she must be a princess from from Some Italy, or like you know, um, I don't know my royal families in Europe that yeah. well, but it, it, you know, one of those, one of those, one of those princesses." <laughs> and eventually, this <laughs> made a lot more sense why she had the pink panther. It does. Diamond. It makes a lot more sense when she's the same one that we got met earlier. Oh, and then I was like. Well, okay, if she's okay, she's not an Italian princess. Where's her accent from? Her accent is Italian. <laughs> yeah, because she was an Italian, she's an Italian actor. Actress. She's got an Italian so, accent. At least I got that <laughs> that right. Um, Playing a vaguely far east, mid east. Well, you had like yeah. the Sikh head coverings. You yeah. had like the sari. Uh, it was like, all over the place. The, and then you have like this again, like North African yeah. decoration. Um, all over the place. Orientalism. <laughs> yeah. You know, pick up some Spivak. And, uh, uh, read a little more on that. Well, get your Saeed. 
Yeah, Saeed. Saeed's Saeed Saeed Orientalism. Orientalism. I mean, Spivak's going to talk about yeah. post-colonialism. Well, I always go Spivak because I go, I go Derrida Spivak because Spivak did the translation I mean, of, of grammatology. you're definitely going to get something out of Spivak. Absolutely. As well. <laughs> read, some, read some philosophy. Yeah. Um, oh. Yeah, that was, that was certainly fascinating. I had... I had a lot of trouble early on. I think this was intentional. Figuring out if we were supposed to know who the bad guys were. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, we see Sir Charles going around. And our introduction to his nephew is very devious. You know, he's he's running away from the cops. And he's faking this graduation photo. And it's sort of like, oh, we're supposed to think he's the panther. I think, like, in retrospect, like, that was the point. Is we're supposed to be sort of guessing and trying to figure yeah. out, like, who the panther is. Yes. Phantom. Phantom. The Panther's the diamond that the Phantom is stealing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the answer sort of being, by the time we get to the third act, like, it's everybody. <laughs> Everybody's kind of trying to steal this thing. Because um, it's, well, it's Clouseau's wife is helping him and has been mm-hmm. involved in this process the whole time. And so has Sir Charles. Now his nephew's getting in on it. Um, I like that his nephew was like, oh, my uncle's the Phantom. Cool. cool. I'm going to steal his stuff <laughs> and do the job. Right. It runs in the family. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was he was established to be sort of a con artist earlier on, so that all works. Yeah. Um, man, there was a lot that happened in the climax of this movie. I'm thinking about it now. Oh, like, yeah. from the start of the party to, like, sort of the reveal of where the diamond is at the end had so much going on. But in a way that doesn't feel, like, busy or confusing. That was a lot of fun. Yeah. But, again, so much visual storytelling. Um, yes. Like, the the car chase. Oh, told from the perspective I of, loved like, that random Italian chase. man <laughs> watching it happen. That and was brilliant. <laughs> what a way to tell a story. Yes. Oh, just this guy <laughs> trying to walk across the street slowly. And here comes this car, and then that car, and then this car. And two of the cars are driven by guys in gorilla suits. And then the other car has a, yeah. a knight and a horn monster. I was thinking dragon, maybe. Dragon. I, was, I was going like um, the green dragon and like Sir Gwen or something sure. like that. That was where I was trying to justify... The cops come running in their zebra costume. Oh, oh, I mean, pant- I wrote this down. Pantomime horses are always funny. But man, did they use that so well? Yeah. <laughs> just yep, these like they get introduced as sort of like this one-time gag, but then they just keep popping up. And it's funny every, every time. single time. Yep, here comes two cops in a pantomime zebra. Like, oh, so funny! Just perfect punctuation of jokes. Mm-hmm. Um, but then the stuff with the fireworks oh was gosh. also great. Like, and you knew it was coming. Yep. Like, it was set up perfectly. Set up. She's like, oh, I've got this wonderful display of fireworks. Oh, here are these guys carrying these fireworks. Yeah. Oh, here's Who's a, so candle. a candle. <laughs> Who's got a match? What could possibly go wrong? And, yeah, it was beautiful. And I like, loved every second of it. And there, it's just like, I mean, it looked like they really set fireworks off in the yeah. house. And I was like, how did they... <laughs> you, how did they do that? How did they account for the actor's safety? Yeah. They're not actually the hurting house? anybody. <laughs> it's very impressive special effects and and using those special effects to enhance the story 
and tell it in a funny way. Yeah. Oh, and then you get the the gorillas. Oh, the gorillas! In the safe. Like, such a... (laughs) Such a silly, ridiculous bit that shouldn't work. It it shouldn't be as funny as it was. (laughs) They know someone's there. They just can't find them. Two guys in gorilla suits just, like, robbing the same safe... Then they open it up and they I see look. each other. <laughs> that's that's weird. But again, all relatively understated. Yeah. Like none of it was like mugging or or they were just they were living the truth of the yeah. scene. Yeah. Uh that was very funny. Um this is one of my favorite jokes that was very not subtle. It was not subtle at all, but it made me laugh and it was like this is just tweaking everything was when the princess was drunk on top of the tiger Mm -hmm. and she starts making out with the guy and you just see the two tiger eyes at the (laughs) bottom of the frame just staring just staring like straight ahead that's a great visual joke like that's using the framing and sort of taking this this like seduction sort of thing and just poking fun at it and being silly very funny i loved that I didn't laugh necessarily as much at that, but it was just, it was just, it was like, oh, that's perfect. But you know, like, this is really smart. This is yeah. thought out really well. Yeah, they know exactly what they're doing. Uh, yeah, pantomime horses are funny. Um, when the costume ball started, costumes, just what we need. Yeah. <laughs> um, we haven't talked about the, uh, the, the music. I want to talk about the music. Yeah. Which is, like, like so much of this film, Great. Yeah, it's so perfect. Um, so iconic. And you know, like, when... I mean, I don't know. I I haven't researched this, but... Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think... I don't know if they're imagining franchising. I don't know if you can imagine, like... Yeah. That this would be such an iconic theme mm-hmm. music. Well, um, I looked it up when the movie started. I was like, was the, the character, this cartoon of the Pink Panther, a thing before that? And the answer was no. Like, this is right. where it was created. Um, which very much feels to me like it, they weren't thinking about franchise or long term. Yeah. Like this was just a fun, goofy credit sequence. Mm-hmm. Um, that like the credit sequence alone spawned so much. Spawned there were Pink Panther cartoons, there were mm-hmm. and books and, and yeah, yeah all, all these sorts of, of other things independent of Inspector Clouseau. Right. Like I learned about the Pink Panther from the Pink Panther cartoons, and then later learned that it was also a series of movies about a, de- a detective. What? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> But yeah, that uh, totally iconic. Yeah, theme music. and and reused perfectly every single time. Every time you hear the, the theme song start out, the da 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 da, it's like, oh, it feels so right. It's mm-hmm. just, it's and there's lots of other music in the movie as well, probably. And it's so descriptive of a type of comedy. Yes, as well, yes, it conveys everything you want. Yeah, out of the 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 scenes and the story. It's really good. Yeah. I wrote the last thing I wrote down was Law and Order Inspector Clouseau. I'm trying to think why I wrote that. <laughs> oh, that's why. I've been watching a fair amount of Law and Order recently. Um No, so like the movie did not end where I expected it to end. So I, I expected you know, there's the big car crash at the end of the, the chase scene, which mm-hmm. was brilliant. Like I expected that to basically be the end of the film and then have a slight denouement and mm-hmm. sort of like wrap it up and they got done. And then like, no, we're going to go to trial and we're going to have like these scenes in jail and 
Clouseau's going to put his hands in porridge. Yep. <laughs> After going into the wrong cell. Yeah. Very adamantly. Like, all of those sorts of things. Again, just, just more jokes on top of jokes that worked really well. Um... But I was like, oh, this is like the second half of the Law and Order episode where they go do the trial. We've caught the guys, now uh, we've got to do the trial. Uh-huh. Um, which, which, again, I feel like we don't see in a lot of like heist movies or crime movies. Like mm-hmm. They don't stop at that moment of thing. Um, and with that, what an ending. Well, what a twist. What a fantastic twist of an ending. Um, that feels like, again, it was not setting up for any sort of like long-term sequels, sequels franchise. franchise like it was just a perfect like punchline of an ending mm-hmm. um they frame Clouseau and they get away with it yep and that's it <laughs> like he's going off to jail yep <laughs> yeah i didn't i didn't expect that at all no i, I didn't see that didn't see that coming well because i don't really see like Clouseau is being the hero of this film, right? Like it's, if anyone was, character. it was his wife again. I think was the sort of the, the protagonist. If you have to pick one, because um, she's also the one who then goes to the princess at the end and is like, "We've got to fix this. Mm-hmm. I know you have the diamond." That sort of stuff. Uh, very fun. Yeah, movie. it did feel much more to me about Sir Charles and and the wife. Yeah, yeah. Um, than than Clouseau. Madame Clouseau. Yeah, yeah. So that's. Uh, yeah, it would be interesting to compare with later mm-hmm. later films. I know I've seen some versions of the Pink Panther films, like when I was a kid. Yeah, but now I don't remember. I, I have no idea. Which I'd seen the Globe bit before. Like mm-hmm. I think when some like watching something, people talking about Peter Sellers, they would show that bit because it's a perfect encapsulation of the character. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I've I've never seen any. I want to watch uh, Doctor Strangelove again, if only because, like... Now you have more context. I have a lot more context. Like, I like Doctor Strangelove as a movie, but I always looked at it sort of as this, you know, Kubrick first movie, which is true of all Kubrick's movies. They're all his first movie? No, Kubrick first. Oh, okay. (laughs) Kubrick is the larger creative driver of any Kubrick Uh, movie. I get it. Kubrick-centered. Yes, Kubrick-centered. Kubrick-forward. Like, yes. <laughs> you know, The Shining is a Kubrick film first and a Jack Nicholson film second. Yes. Or things like that. Um, you know, you don't think of Eyes Wide Shut as a Tom Cruise movie. I guess I've never thought of it before. <laughs> I kind of think of it as a Tom Cruise oh, you do? Kidman movie. Okay. I've never seen it, so I, I have no context. I haven't seen it. I got it on DVD in this giant box of DVDs. I mean, in my mind, it's like, oh, that's the movie right before they got divorced. That's where it lives I mean, in my true. memory. That is the movie right before they got divorced. So. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't seen wandering it, Wandering a little bit. Um, other thoughts? Interesting Uh-oh. things you want to write down? I didn't write any any terrible I things. I uh, just just the Orientalism. Yeah, just the, just the racism. Oh, yeah. I did have one thing. Uh, the opening crime of the Phantom, where he climbs down the rope and then sets it on fire. Mm-hmm. Uh, that same bit was used in Home Alone Two: Lost in New York. Of course. Of course. Um, that's what I thought of when that happened. Ah, yeah. <laughs> like oh yeah. 
Well, and and in Home Alone, he he like explicitly like douses the rope in kerosene so it goes up. Yeah, yeah. But, I did like that the rope was acting as like a fuse, and I, yeah. I don't think that's how rope would burn. But um. yeah, it depends on the rope. But yeah, no. <laughs> the the kerosene explains a little bit more. Not that Home Alone Two Lost in New York is a bastion of realism in filmmaking. Right, right. Uh, if it were Marv and oh, I should know this. What's Daniel it? Stern and Joe, Joey, Pesci. Joe Pesci. But the characters were Marv and someone else. I don't know. They were the wet bandits, and then they were the sticky bandits. Wet bandits and Home Alone 1, and the sticky bandits and Home Alone 2, because they were trying to rebrand. <laughs> I But I bet that Clouseau, <laughs> Pink Panther, it, it's the type of film where you're going to see fragments of it in other films. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. All, this all feels time. like a movie that people are going to take those jokes and, and use them mm-hmm. over and over again. Yeah. yeah. Which yeah. itself is pulling from the kind of oh, yeah. bedroom farce. Mm-hmm. I mean, some of the old, like, classic, like, Marx Brothers comedy. Uh, like, the, the gorilla suit felt very Marxy to me. Mistaken identity. Yeah. Uh, no, nothing, are, are, nothing's created in a vacuum. Right, right. <laughs> they all have previous references. Uh-huh. But very fun movie. I'm glad we watched it. Yes, yes. Very fun. We'll have to watch some more and compare and contrast. Yeah, the whole series. Yeah. Well, is there anything else, Kevin? I don't think I have anything else. You have anything else, Amy? I don't think so. You have anything, Felicity? Okay. Okay. Yeah. She does not want to be a Pink Panther no. for Halloween. She doesn't really get a say over <laughs> over these things. All right. All right. Say good night, Amy. Good night, Amy.